Welcome to the Recharge Your Life podcast with me, Dr. Carrie Ulrich and Kelly Gunther. We are thrilled to talk to people who have made a decision that recharged their lives. Often they push themselves out of their comfort zone and took risks. We want to know about that decision point. Why did they make that decision? And most importantly, how can we learn from them? Kelly and I are passionate HR professionals, and together we co-founded our HR consulting firm, Abracci Group. We have talked to amazing people throughout our careers and listened to them as they made decisions that changed their lives and knew that these inspirational stories would help others. And why did we call it Recharge? It's based on a book I co-authored called The Way of the HR Warrior. And in it, we have a leadership model, Charge, which stands for courage, humility, accuracy, resiliency, goal-oriented, and exemplary. We know that people used one or more of these qualities to help them make their decisions, and we want to learn from them. Now, sit back, listen, and be inspired by these stories, and then do something to recharge your life. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. It's Kelly. We're thrilled to have Emma Fox as our very special guest. Emma is the Chief Operating Officer at ePower Benefits, a benefits consulting firm designed to deliver high-performance health plans while staying committed to industry-wide transparency. Emma has been an outspoken advocate for cost and healthcare quality transparency using direct contracting, reference-based pricing, and a consultative approach with clients and colleagues alike. But most of all, she is dedicated to giving a voice to healthcare consumers and dispelling the myths associated with non-traditional healthcare solutions. She's the founder of Empowered Leadership, an organization focused on growing the confidence and capabilities of leaders in perceived minority groups, and also serves as the Chapter Leadership Development Chair for the West Coast Region of National Association of Health Underwriters. Emma lives in Portland, Oregon, where she stays busy with her two children, enjoys cooking, writing, and traveling. Emma, we're thrilled to have you on our podcast today. Thanks so much. We always like to ask our first question, which is, what show, podcast, book, or blog do you like to go to when you want to push yourself and expand your thinking? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. That was a great introduction. Um, I've been thinking about this actually for a couple of days because I do tend to gravitate towards some industry podcasts. So I definitely check out Rockstars Rockin' from Eric Silverman in my field. Uh, Ryan Miller, who is a coach, he has an incredible podcast that he puts out. But the one that I really go to, um, to, to, and this is a fun play on words to really realign myself with my goals is a podcast um, that is run as part of a bigger community by a gal named Amy Evans. And she uh, crafted and developed something called Align Women. And it's this big, huge community, uh, very purposeful and intentional around creating uh, a networking environment for business women who really want to generate revenue and build connections from their referral sources, which I know you guys probably know referrals uh, sometimes are sort of dead in the water if they they don't align real well. So she puts out this podcast and has these super strong, resilient women come on and sort of tell their story and what they do. And I always turn to her. I always turn to her community or her podcasts or some of her writings when I really need to get myself back in the groove. Hi, Emma. I love that networking and referrals because when I was thinking about 
just our podcast and recharging your life and people that have made a difference or decisions you've made. And I can tie back us meeting um, two years ago now, Emma, I think two years. I think so. COVID years is like a 10 year thing. I don't know what time it is anymore, but, um, and you changed the way Kelly and I look at healthcare, the way we pay for healthcare. I mean, that is such a significant shift for us and really appreciate that. And that was all this networking and talking and asking the question of, I want to learn more about Emma and what they do. And that networking is so critical and especially females need to really push themselves um, to network. Cause I think sometimes it's not as natural sometimes for some of us to do that. Are you, would you consider yourself a natural networker, Emma, or does it take some energy for you to do or kind of what are, what are your thoughts on networking? You know, it's probably one of my favorite things about the job that I do, but it's been so lacking this year. I will say that I used to think that networking was exactly how I was going to build my business and my relationships. But this year has certainly taught me that there are some alternatives, whether you want them or not. Um, But networking is absolutely necessary. And I love what you said there, which is that women sort of need it in a slightly different way. And what I love about Align Women, especially, I, I did a podcast with her when she was really just starting to build the community. And I realized through her community and being a part of it that women often are threatened by each other, intimidated by each other. We don't collaborate very much in in work because of, of that notion that we can't or that we have to compete. And um, hopefully I'll get a chance to drone on about that a little bit more in a while here. But it's it's one of those things where it kind of opens up not just your networking, but your perspective on who you can and can't work with and, and how you can and can't grow. I I really appreciate that. I look forward to, to more thoughts. And I remember when I was speaking to a male colleague and I was starting the business, Kelly and I were starting a business and he said, well, why don't you call this person? And I thought, well, I don't really talk to that person. You know, I haven't talked to him for like two years. He's like, so who cares? He'll help you. He's a good guy. And I just remember that thinking, yeah, most people are, if you contact them after a couple of years, they'll be fine. And I think sometimes, especially as women, we think, well, I haven't kept up that relationship. I haven't checked in every quarter. I haven't done things. And the dudes were like, I haven't talked to you in 10 years. Sure, I'll help you with your business. And it's like, wow. And so I always remember that as I push myself to do more networking, because there is something very much to learn from the way some of the guys do it, because it's in, to me, it was impressive that he was like, of course, he'll help. And by the way, I did contact that person and he never said something like, oh my God, you haven't talked to me for like a year and now you're calling. Never said that. It was fine. He's like, oh, sure. I'll try to help. So it was really great. What now? Now you've teased what you're going to talk about, Emma, with your all drone on about that later. What is the decision uh, that changed the trajectory of your life? And what are those um, those qualities of, of charge model that you use to make that decision? So I actually think it was sort of a dual decision. There was part one and part two that came a couple of years uh, behind each other. But, you know, I've been in healthcare now for, I always have to think of how old my daughter is. She's going to be 16 this year. So it's been 16 years. And I started off working for carriers. You guys know this, um, you know, sales and account executive for regional and national carriers selling uh, health insurance policies, essentially. And eventually, at some point in my career, just growing tired of the 
just the sales process, the bonusing and, and all that stuff. So the one thing that really changed my path and was decision number one was committing my career to only working in a transparent environment. And I'm going to give some props to someone who who sort of helped me see what I was capable of. His name is Trevor Dare. He's um, someone who worked at a TPA, a third-party administrator, when I was sort of stuck in my rut thinking, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to work for these big corporations that keep increasing costs for people who can't afford it. And I met with him, uh, Trevor. I just sort of uh, on a whim responded to something on LinkedIn and he and I immediately hit it off. I remember flying out to Montana. I was here in Portland, Oregon, where I live, and he was in Montana running a a third-party administrator over there. And he saw something in me, some kind of potential that I didn't fully understand yet. I had that itch, like I want to do something that's better, bigger than me, more important than me or what I'm doing now. And I couldn't quite put my finger on how to do that. And it was just some guy who now, you know, he's more than some guy now, of course, he's a very, very dear friend, but it was just some guy who saw that I had the potential to advocate for something that I would end up being quite good at. And so that was my first decision was trusting, having the courage in myself to trust the way that somebody else perceived me and my potential. And so I did move. I moved out of my cloudy consulting environment and into full-blown, you know, healthcare transparency world. And it took a couple years for me to drown in that uh, before I could kind of get to the surface and, and get a grasp on it. So that was decision number one. And then decision number two was deciding that I had been mentored well enough by Trevor that I could go out on my own and start e-powered with my business partner today and be totally out there by myself, running a company, dedicating ourselves to only working with companies like yours and lots of other employers that are dedicated to the exact same thing. Um, So it was really a two-part process and it took courage, took a whole heck of a lot of humility, but it also took some trust. There was a lot of trust that I had to have, not just in other people's ability to see what I couldn't see, but I had to sort of trust in myself um, and, and dig pretty deep to have the confidence to say, I can probably do this. And that was enough. I love that you said, I could probably do this. And that was enough. You didn't need a hundred percent. You thought I could probably do it and I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I'm going to take that risk. It won't be completely disastrous if it goes wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll go for it. So I can probably make this work. And, you know, so far so good. So I'm glad I had the courage uh, in in myself (laughs) to take the leap. But yeah, as long as something's not going to be totally catastrophic and failure, I'll, I'll usually give it a go. You'll give it a go. What? So go back to when you said, I want to work with transparency because you were in a field, you'll see my bias right now, that's not very transparent, the healthcare. We were just, we were just chatting about it before the podcast of, of costs and how much does this cost and, and how long it takes to, for billings to resolve themselves and things, fun stuff like that about healthcare. What was it? Because you probably could have stayed in your sales career and made a lot of money because brokers can make a lot of money on healthcare. It's a system. So what was it about? Like, when did you say, 
it's got to be transparent. Were you like this little girl, Emma, who's like, I need to know the truth? Or did it change later? Or kind of what was this about that you had to work in transparency? Why was it so important to you? So I, I, I don't know how to answer that question without getting super, super personal. So I'll try to high level it for you guys. But I, you know, when I was younger, I, I was not close with my parents. I left my, my family home really early and I had to sort of hustle my way through life mm. for most of, of my young adulthood. I really had to hustle, which often uh, meant that I had to fabricate sometimes to get by. And as I got older, truth became really, really important to me. And I sort of committed myself to, I'm just going to be honest all the time. Well, I, I did commit to that. And I, I actually love that quality about myself now. Not everyone else does, of course, yeah. but I do. <laughs> and um, <laughs> didn't really work very well when I was working for an insurance carrier, because I would end up I was so programmed to say things to employers who I was delivering, you know, 12, 16% increases to, I'd say things like, well, it's the experience, it's, it's the pool, it's the trend. And then I would turn around and give a big, massive bonus check to a broker who had written a volume of business with my carrier as a thank you. Mm. Meanwhile, standing in front of employees and trying to justify that their contributions are going to go up again. And it felt dishonest. It just felt like it wasn't the right thing to do. And I'll tell you, I, I hope you guys agree, at some point in your life, doing the right thing becomes more important than the money that you make. And so when I did shift, I, I did give up uh, a pretty handsome salary for, for a little bit, but I feel as though the last couple of years, I've really learned that when you do the right thing and you're, you're going to work doing something that you're passionate about and you're helping other people and you're open-minded, the money comes later and it doesn't take all that long to follow so it, it is hard. Healthcare is cloudy at best. It, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. There's a lot of profit-driven companies. Um, and there's a lot of excuses. So it was important to me to kind of peel back that onion and show people, even if they decide to never change, to never do anything different with their healthcare plans, their health insurance, it was important to me to deliver the truth to people so that they could make their own decisions. I, well, first, uh, let me let me clarify. Kelly and I are in HR for the money because when you think of money, you think of going into human resources. So I just want to be <laughs> super clear about that, right, Kelly? I mean, the millions yeah, we're right. making off of HR is impressive. Um, yeah, I, I do. I wanted to go back to though something you said, and thank you for sharing a little bit of your personal background. We always love personal here. And I think it served you well. I love this. You hear it a lot in, in, in yoga. Um, it served you well up until a point, but you can let it go now. And so for you, the hustle and maybe changing things a bit because you had to survive served you very well up until a point. And it got you the job in insurance and you could do that. And then you had this moment of this is not the life I want. And I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to not be transparent. I want this truth because my life and my soul are so much better if I tell the truth. And you're right. You do that and the money follows later. Maybe you don't have $5 million, right? 
because you haven't lied the entire time, um, but you have a more fulfilling life and your children appreciate you a heck of a lot more because kids are pretty smart and they can figure out that mom's a big liar. So I love that you've nurtured your soul. And it, again, it served you well. You survived because maybe if you were super truthful while you were hustling when you were younger, that might not have served you well. And you could You're- be in a very different state right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think there's a time and a place where you have to be able to adjust and ebb and flow with whatever life is throwing at you. And don't get me wrong. I'm a fairly honest person, but I'll tell a little white lie for somebody else's benefit here and there. Um, But it it does become important. At, At some point, your values change as you get older and appreciate something a little different than, than what you did when you were in your twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, I always joke around with marriage and divorce. I, I think it's totally okay to move on from something that you thought was good for you at 20 when you're 35 and you're an entirely different person. Same goes for careers too. You know, I, my grandfather, when he was alive, used to say, you know, you pick a job and you stay in it until you retire. And it's just not the case anymore. You know, people have to grow and decide that their values shift and change. And so I've, I've done a fairly decent job at following my, my values the last few years. And thankfully, um, it has paid off for me and for many other employers, I hope. Um, but, but I'm just getting started. This is just the beginning. I, I, I hear what you said. I think so many people get, so we've talked about this before. Kelly and I have this conversation a lot, just personally, the two of us of that getting stuck. And to your point of you pick a job, this is what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And yeah, you hate it, but just stick with it. <laughs> like, why? Why do you have to stick with it? You, you don't. You don't. I mean, sometimes you do because, hey, there's, it's, I'm getting paid and I support my family and things like that. But, but try to figure out what you really want and how it merges with what your values. And you're so right. I mean, your brain's not even formed till you're 25 and you get married at like 19 or 20. I mean, I love the ones that work out, but for the most part, I know my, relationship did not work out (laughs) because thank God, um, because I'm very different than I was at 20 years old. So it's okay. It's okay to be flexible and it's okay to change. And I know like you see it in politics a lot and I feel bad for politicians because sometimes if they evolve and change, they get busted for it. Right. They're like, well, 20 Mm -hmm. years ago, you said you were against this. It's like, yeah, but I've evolved. I've changed. I'm different. I've learned more. And I don't believe that any longer. So I love that you are such a good example of that evolution and changing and, and being more aligned with, with your values and how you want to be. What, what are, what's some advice? What are some of the actions our listeners can take based on what you've learned through your decision-making and your career? I really think if, and I I really thought about this, what would I tell people to take away? And I've sort of been banging on this drum. You guys have been on my little, I I call it like a show or a webinar, whatever it is, the coffee break thing. You know, I've learned firsthand that collaboration is the key. And it's collaboration is like, it's becoming this buzzword. Everyone is like, oh, collaborate here, collaborate there. But what I really mean is, Once we stop exchanging a product with each other and start exchanging value, strategy, intellect, 
we can start working together in a way that benefits us and, and whatever the goal is that we've set ourselves on. And it's hard to do at first because using one of your words, it takes a degree of humility to say, I would love the help of somebody else to achieve this goal that I have. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. Lone wolves are alone. And that's not very fun. If you bring other people into the mix, you expand yourself, you're open to that evolution that you're talking about. So if I was to tell someone to consider to do one thing different in the new year, I would say consider collaborating instead of competing. We don't have to compete. In fact, the only people I think we should be competing with are ourselves. Everyone, you know, everyone's heard that quote before, but it's so true. I can better myself by involving other people. And if you listen to my first and second answer, it was I'm inspired by Amy Evans because I get to collaborate with her and be part of her world and she invites me in. I made a big decision because of Trevor Dare because he and I worked together and set out to achieve something together as a collective. And I really learned, especially over the coffee breaks that we have where we have people show up on this Zoom with only the intention of exchanging value and education for nothing else. There's no transaction involved. There's no money. We're just using each other and kind of bouncing off of each other's strengths. And I think this has been my best year of growth. 2020, I know it's had some some rough Mm -hmm. patches, but it really has professionally been my best year of growth. My brain has grown. My heart has grown. My courage has grown all because of other people's involvement. Mm. I for 2020 is 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 a horrible dumpster fire insert all the words to your point <laughs> of whatever all the swear words you want to in, in, insert um it can be such tremendous growth because you are faced with drama problems and how are you going to solve them and how are you going to grow from it and so we do grow so much from devastating uh issues. We, we do grow from it. It's hard and you probably don't want to do it again. Like, I don't think we want to grow again in 2021 the same way. <laughs> I think we could take a little break, but you do grow a lot. And the fact that you, I love what you said on collaborate and compete with yourself. So collaborate with others and compete with yourself. So good athletes, um, you're competing with yourself. You want to get better all the time, but it doesn't mean you have to take down other people. It means you can collaborate with them and get stronger Kelly and I are stronger because you're in our network. We're so much better because of you. And so who are other people in your network that you can collaborate with and and force yourself? And I love your challenge for everyone for 2021. Think about that you started with the network um, of women. Who can you collaborate with? And then what can you compete with yourself to get better? But I think Kelly, you know, Kelly's not a collaborator, you know, I always slam Kelly at the end to try to get her to the transition. Kelly only competes. She's, you know, she stabs everyone in the back. She's like, screw this. It's all about me. Um, and that's our Cal. Totally false. But Kelly, what are your, what are you, you know, I always try to come up with a transition, which me is always sassy. So uh, to, to pull you in, Kelly Gunther, which you are an extreme collaborator and you always want everyone on board and you are very competitive with yourself. Like you, mm-hmm. you do, you know, you, for those of you who listen to one of our podcasts, we talked about Kelly playing the French horn and she's super competitive about that stuff <laughs> and tennis. So what are your thoughts, Kelly? Yeah. I mean, 
It's so helpful. And Carrie, thank you for the sassy transition. I always appreciate those. Never know quite what's coming, but um, it's always fun in the end. So um, Emma, just so many great things that you shared. I took so many notes and I really kind of look at it in, in three three ways, three unique qualities that you bring that I think many can are, are aspiring to to have more of or to to be more to be cognizant of doing it more in 2021, which is having self-awareness. I mean you knew at a very young age that given how you grew up, that you wanted to live a more truthful, um, life. And you wanted to make sure that not only do you have it for yourself, but you're, you're sharing and spreading it for everyone else to consume as well. Um, and that that comes from knowing what your values are and really having the introspection enough to say, I want my life to look this way. These are the things I want, I need to achieve or need to do to get there. Um, and being very intentional and very focused on that, I think really helped you as you, as you said, and, and created the great you know, relationship that we have with you. So I love the self-awareness and being vulnerable enough to say for you that this is what I need, this is what I want, and this is what I need to do to get there. Um, there's also an openness that you're, that I, I hear you, you're very open to other people's um, feedback, um, impressions, thoughts. And I wonder for people who are maybe at a precipice. 2020 was maybe a time for them to reflect and think. And now 2021 is a year of action, as Carrie and I always love action. Um, what would you say to people who or someone who struggles with having the courage to make a change? Um, and it could be career focused, it could be related to a personal life, um, a family situation, whatever. But because there's this fear that comes along with change, naturally, um, and there's this you know, um, the fear of any of the unknowns, it could alter relationships that you have with someone, it can invites a certain level of risk that you may not feel comfortable assuming, but in order for to get from point A to point B, what would be some recommendations or things that you would say to someone who's struggling, but knows that they want to make a change for themselves? Gosh, that's such a good question. And it's hard, right? Because we can sit here and say, we made this one big decision that changed the course of our lives. And it was incredible. And thankfully, I'm sitting here telling you that it was successful. <laughs> but people have bills to pay, we have kids to mm -hmm. feed, we have livelihoods to manage. And so what I would say is find your community. And it might not look like the community that you're in right now. And that's totally okay. Um, my business partner and my life partner says, there's never a point in which you stop being better. Um, and there's really not. And and Carrie said something really quite profound. And I don't know if she realizes, I'll pick on her a little bit. I don't know if she realized that she was profound when she said it. Never, but never girl, never. That, <laughs> but she said, you know, she reached out to someone anticipating that they would say, I haven't heard from you in forever. Why would I help you? But they did. And the truth is that people want to feel valuable. People want the opportunity to help to give something to another person because that's how we feel important. So if Kelly calls me and says, I really am considering this big career change, you've been through it before, you know, what do you think? What tips do you have? Chances are I'm going to stop everything else I've got going on and try my best to walk you through that path and give you some decent advice. And that's community. That's finding your people who will not just be your yes man or your yes woman, but actually give you the, the support, the safety, and the direction that you need to make the best decision for yourself. And that's just people. That's networking. That's 
that's, that's creating your community, just like we do on the coffee breaks. Mm -hmm. It's a great, that's such a great, such great advice. And I think for someone who myself, I'm pretty change averse. Um, I like to know all the details or as much of the facts as I can before I make a decision. And I've made decisions in my life that I haven't had necessarily all the facts or all the data, but it felt I had a gut instinct that I knew I could do it because I had a community. Um, I had, for example, when Carrie and I started our business, I knew that together we could do anything and we would figure out any problem. We'll, we'll make it work. Um, but having that trust in yourself and others is, is incredibly helpful. And at some point too, if there are people in your life that are, are, um, are judgmental or, or not supporting you in a way that you're looking or that you would support that person if he or she were to come to you and, and, and ask for advice or support. If, that, if you're not receiving that in return, it's a signal that maybe is that the right relationship to have in your life? Is that even a relationship worth saving or salvaging? So for a lot of people who are on the fence and at a point in their life where they want to make a change and unsure how to make the change or even where to start, Emma's story, I think, is so powerful for all the reasons that you just mentioned, being able to collaborate, being able to have a community of people that you can talk to and go to and have the safety of knowing that you get, you know, really unbiased feedback um, and having the self-awareness and vulnerability to face those challenges, knowing that I may fall a few times, I may stumble, but I'm not going to allow myself to fail um, and I'll do whatever it takes to be successful. So Emma, we thank you so much for your insight and for sharing your your beautiful story um, with us and all of our listeners. We invite all of our listeners to connect with Emma. You can do so on LinkedIn at Emma Fox and also include information about Emma's um, important um, uh, associations um, as far as the chapter leadership development chair um, for the National Association of Health Underwriters. I'll also include information about e-powered or excuse me, empowered leadership which is that organization focused on growing the confidence and capabilities of leaders. So I'll make sure to include that in our show notes. You have access to all of her great contact information, um, as I think she's someone you definitely want to have in your community. Thank you again, Emma, for sharing your story. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Recharge Your Life podcast. Please sign up for our newsletter at abracigroup.com and follow us on social media. You can find us on LinkedIn at Abrachi Group, Instagram at Warriors of HR, and Twitter at Warriors underscore HR. Remember to subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and please tell a friend. And be sure to drop us a note on how you are recharging your life. We can't wait to hear from you.